fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence, fantasy glory, fantasy championships. All your fantasies are going to come true. You just let us pave the way uh, and all that stuff that I'm talking about. I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones. Uh, very excited for the week six preview show, uh, the Thursday night football buildup. Uh, love this show all the time. With me, of course, is the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just imagining all my fantasies coming true because Nat, the Truth Jones, just paving the way for me. Ooh, it sounds sounds sultry. I like it, but I'm great. We got a good game. We got some exciting fantasy juice. You always got to love when it's not just like a like the London game this week. Chads and Dolphins shit fest. We actually get Bucks. We get Eagles. Plenty of juice on both sides. So you always love to that. We can't wait to preview some of our favorite plays from that game. But of course, we got your usual schedule. Tons of injuries to cover. Some crazy stuff kind of breaking as we were getting live. Damian Williams on. Co- we got we got a lot to cover. Just like last week, it was like the perfect aligning of last week's storm. I doubt we'll get that you know four hundred question just deluge but hopefully you guys are engaged hopefully you guys can hit us that thumbs up button and send this on out to more people to help us continue to grow because last week was awesome uh, and i doubt we'll get a show again like that for some time but that was beautiful and i hope that you guys are enjoying this and if you do like and sub by the end of it so that way you can continue to enjoy it with us i love that when you were talking about damian williams you go damian williams is on coke and then you cut yourself off it's like before the pandemic a hundred percent chance that would have been he's on cocaine but yeah. now that now that like you know we've been through the pandemic, now it's the COVID list. So anyway, oh yeah, times change. Times Time change. change. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get right into it uh, just with some Thursday night football news because this is a fantasy uh, fantasy show. And if you're counting on Dallas Goddard, first of all, my condolences. Second of all, <laughs> you're out of luck. Dallas Goddard is out. Is Zach Ertz a tight end one must play? What do you think, Wolf? Honestly, I think so. And now I am two spots below the ECR. I have him at tight end 11. He's ranked right now by the experts at tight end nine, but I see the narrative as to why he's seen seven, eight, and six targets, all more than Dallas Goddard over the last few weeks. In fact, the last time Dallas Goddard actually out-targeted him was week one. Uh, And since then, he's had a 15-point day, a 12-point day, and last week was pathetic, two points in PPR leagues. That's the risk with him. He's not a good player at this point of his career Uh, but he does look a little more nimble this year than he did last year it's not quite as dusty as we saw last year and Philly is number six in tight end targets they're tied with a couple teams uh, with 44 targets to the tight end position so Hertz does like throwing to them the Bucks have given up the six most points of the position there's a very very clear narrative for him being a tight end one this week so if you have Dallas Goddard let us know who your other options are but I'd most likely have him in unless you're really really set like a Kelsey and Andrews Something of that nature. Yeah. Um, one other piece of uh, Thursday Night Football news, which you probably already knew, but which is also relating to tight ends. Gronk is out again. Uh, week six against the Eagles. He will not be playing. He's got this rib injury. There's talk he might be back next week, but that's not even a sure thing. And honestly, right now they seem to be doing fine without him. I think exactly. I think they're doing so well without him. They're not going to rush it back. There was talk he could have been back this week if it wasn't an early game. So ultimately, I do expect him back next week. I think he will go right back in 
to that guy that was the number one tight end in fantasy before going down. Uh, he was a monster, and he looked so healthy. Let's hope this injury isn't something that lingers and saps the explosiveness we were seeing out of Gronk. But yeah, one more week without him. I'm not going to the Cameron Breakwell again. He hasn't done much in his absence. Neither has O.J. Howard. They've kind of just nibbled away at each other. One of them might find the end zone tonight. I'd much rather have Ertz or a tight end stream we're going to talk about later that I absolutely love. He's in my top 12, despite only being 20% or below owned in leagues right now. Cannot wait to get to that guy. I wouldn't go to the Bucks by any means. By the way, before we get into the injury report, and it's extensive, and we're going to do it fast, folks, but it's a, lot, it's a lot of names. I just want to comment also on your London uh, mention that you did. Can you just think about the four teams that we have graced the good people in London with? The, the Jets, the Falcons, the Dolphins, and the Jags. Like, like we're what are we are we trying to piss them off? Like, are we actively like <laughs> like I thought the idea was we're trying to sell us uh, sell our game to them so we can kind of expand. Right. We are giving them the are, are there worse teams? Like, who who could they send over that? I don't know. Worse? You're right. Those are probably the four I'm, worst. I'm teams. trying to think of a worse team. What a great initiative to roll out our international presence in football. Giving you the worst possible teams. And yet they're, it's sold out. I mean, the fans are – they look like a great time. I would love to go to an international game at some point. I love that it's like whatever jersey they've scrapped up from anywhere, it's usually not the two teams playing. It's right. Like, it's, it's like someone shows up in like, a, you know, Antonio Brown jersey or something like that. Right, like um, a, a Steelers Antonio Brown. Right, Steelers <laughs> Antonio Brown. I, I, and also just to, on, just to wrap this one up, I think this is a good analogy for this. Is like If you're trying to like sell the quarterback position, like we really want the quarterback position to get new following in China or something. Let's send Nathan Peterman over there. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> let's get the people. Let's get the people excited. They really need to see like the end of career Matt Ryan versus Zach Wilson. What a duel! Ooh, it, it was. Yeah, Kobe Brissett. Ooh, nothing better than that. Yeah, let's get it going. <laughs> but the Brits love it anyway. Uh, Alrighty, moving on. Let's get on to injuries. And like I said, there's a lot of them. I'm going to start. And we uh, alluded to this earlier. The Bears have placed Damian Williams on the reserve COVID-19 list. That obviously opens the door for some other guys like Khalil Herbert, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. He had 18 carries to 16 for Damian Williams. So already was leading this team in that type of usage. Now he should see the entire, the whole shebang. Everything should be his. He's not a great receiver, but he is capable. We'll talk about him a little bit later, though, but definitely a guy that is high on the streaming radar, only 42% rostered right now. Sprint out and go get him. Before you do anything else, go get him now just to have him on the bench if you don't have him. Christian McCaffrey did not participate in practice today. It seems like a downgrade from last week when he didn't play. Matt Rule did say yesterday he was 50-50 to play. That was yesterday. That was when McCaffrey was limited practicing. I don't expect him to play. I think they're going to continue to drag this out. But potentially, your workhorse will be back. I don't expect it, though. Hold on to Chuba. Where is your panic meter on McCaffrey right now? I am – we were kind of hitting at this before we got on air, Nat, like – I, I think because they're so competitive this year and they, they have a real shot at the playoffs, it's not going to be like last year where they'll just shut him down uh, unless it's truly bad. It's not panicked. I think this would be right around where the timetable was. So if they rest him one more week, then whatever. I would definitely expect him back next week. Now, if he's not back next week, then I'm starting to get a little bit worried. Maybe the guy got his bag, his money, and he's starting to really just milk it i doubt that though he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like that type of guy i hope he's not i hope not too dalvin cook yeah Yeah. dalvin cook ankle upgraded to full in thursday's practice so uh that decreases alex madison's value just a little bit 
Oh, absolutely. Madison, no longer startable. Cook has to be right back in your lineups, even though the Panthers are giving up the fewest points to running backs. I don't care. It's Dalvin Cook. He'll run against anybody. Football team, Scott Turner saying, I love this quote. I just put this on here just to say it. Antonio Gibson's not actually limited in what he can do, despite drawing limited practice tags. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for that one. But it is a reminder because last week me and CJ got a little spooked over these like broken shin fractures. And yet it comes out he's been playing with that all year. And he's been fine all year. He had a 73-yard touchdown. Like We shouldn't have adjusted anything other than what we were already considering him for this injury. So ultimately he's been playing with it. He's fine. He's in your lineups. You just shouldn't be worried about it. <laughs> he's the RB12. He's doing a yeah. good job. Jamal Williams, he's dealing with a hip issue. He's also got some illness issues, not COVID, but illness nonetheless. He did not participate in Thursday's practice. And that would just skyrocket DeAndre Swift if this guy misses time. Joe Mixon, after practicing yesterday, has been downgraded to a did not practice today. Oh, awful. They're facing the Lions, so perhaps they just rest the guy and let him get fully all the way back. In which case, Samaj Piran, who is on the COVID list right now, I, maybe the most desperate search of my life on Google is Samaj P. Ryan vaccinated. I, I literally Googled that today. <laughs> and, but I People want to know. Zach Taylor suggested he was. We don't have any concrete answers quite yet, but he hinted at the fact that P. Ryan was. If he is and he's back for the game and he gets Detroit giving up the third most points to running backs, he'd be in a smash block play. He has gotten it done every time he's gotten value. And if they're both out, Chris Evans is worth stashing right now. Drop your kicker. Have this guy on your roster because whoever the lead back is against Detroit is going to be a beast. All right. Kareem Hunt, speaking of lead backs, we got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb news. Mm-hmm. Hunt's dealing with a wrist and knee issue, and he hasn't participated in Thursday's practice, and that's two days in a row. Chubb also two days in a row with this calf injury. He didn't practice on Thursday, and it's the second straight day. That's concerning. Let's assume – first of all, what do you think about these? And second of all, who's the guy that's going to be getting something if these guys aren't playing? Oh, I mean, what's his name? Dearness Johnson, I think it is, or Demetrius Nelson playing the Kareem Hunt role. And either one of them would be a, a low-end RB2 should they get the volume because of the zone-blocking scheme and how run-heavy they are. My guess is at least one, if not both, play. I think if this is the case, if one of them's out and the other one's in, I mean, that's going to be a top – they're already top eight running backs and top 12 for Kareem Hunt. Let's say Hunt is out and Chubb's the only guy. He would be my running back three on the week. So it's just something that you got to make sure to monitor. It seems like it's a little more serious At, yesterday. It seemed like a maintenance day. Okay. Whatever. They're, they're riding the chunt backfield to, to destroy opponents. Maybe this is something we have to actually monitor now this week. Another guy we have to monitor this week is Damian Harris. He did get upgraded to a limited practice yet. Mike Reese, the beat writer, a very, very reliable source does tweet out saying he's leaning towards Harris uh, resting, not playing this week. Ramondi Stevenson, only 12% rostered. Go out and get him. There's a lot of these guys like Herbert, the the Bengals backfield, Ramondre Stevenson. Just get these guys on your roster somehow. Drop your kicker and see which one, especially with bye weeks. I know I have crap at running back right now that I'm waiting on and trying to figure out. I was originally playing the stream Geo Bernard. I'm going to just stash a couple of these guys and let's see what hits. Uh, That's how I'm playing it. Chris Carson, neck injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, I'm concerned about this, and and frankly, like with McCaffrey also on the shelf, potentially, uh, I'm starting to really suffer from running back uh, 
paper thin death syndrome. It's the worst. Um, I, I love so, bell cows and I hate bell cows. They giveth and they taketh away. And yeah. they do, and they do taketh away. And obviously, <laughs> Russell Wilson's out. They'd like to run on the run, uh, lean on the running game a little bit more. What do you think? He didn't practice Wednesday. And I was, I've been scouring the reports. Yeah, trying I can't to find out if he practiced today, today or not. Right? Nothing on today. Mr. Sunshine, Pete Carroll saying is expecting him back, but he might say that one week and then the next day he puts him on IR. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I have literally no idea what's going to happen here, but stay tuned and keep Alex yep. Collins on the roster uh, just in case. Now we're on to wide receivers. Couple studs. DeAndre Hopkins did not participate. And this is a big concern because it's, it's listed as illness. And COVID is apparently running through the Cardinals organization. If you don't remember, DeAndre Hopkins yeah. was giving a big stink in the preseason. Oh, I remember. Wanting to sit out. I imagine they said they're close to 100% vaccinated. If there's somebody who's not vaccinated, I'd That's put a guy. pretty big guess that it's DeAndre Hopkins. Should he have COVID-19? You might be out this guy for a couple of weeks. So stay tuned. Make sure you're monitoring what's going on with him. Another stud, like you referenced, uh, Tyree Kill, quad injury, remained sidelined for Thursday's practice. You know, with an injured quad, that would probably only make him a little bit faster than the second fastest guy in the league. So keep an eye on that. <laughs> exactly. If he plays, he's a smash. He's one of my favorite studs in DFS this week. Should he be out? McCole Hardman is actually owned in less than 50% of leagues right now. Go check. Toss him in there. Should he be out? He's coming off a season high in targets and yards, seven for 96 in record Also, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, maybe maybe worth stashing and seeing what he does as well. Why not? We can't, we, got, we can't go through a pod without mentioning him, for sure. Julio Jones did practice again this week. Looks like he is trending towards back, as was A.J. Brown, another full participant. And guess what? I don't care. I don't really want either of my lineups because they're facing the Bills, who are limiting wide receivers to the fewest points, and they just suck. The Titans suck. I don't want anything to do with that passing attack right now. Devontae Parker, hamstring issue. He remained sidelines for uh, Thursday's practice. But guess what? He's going to London. Maybe playing I mean, for whatever that's worth. I mean, Calvin Ridley and uh, whatever his name is, uh, the second Russell guy. Gage. Gage, that's the guy. They didn't even go. So exactly. at least he's making the trip. Right. And he gets Jags. So if he's playing, he's not a horrible start this week. Allen Robinson is a horrible start, but you might not even have to worry about that because he did not participate in practice on Thursday. Might make your decision easier, although it should be easy. Why would this guy be in any lineups at this point? I, I don't know. He wouldn't be on. <laughs> but speaking of a guy you want in your lineup, Mike Williams, he was not practicing at the open portion of practice on Thursday. I hope he was just in the bathroom or something. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, but it, he didn't practice at all on Wednesday. It's a knee injury. My guess though is this, this is the type of guy that at this point's earned the veteran, like you can rest, get healthy. You'll play through it. We don't need to see it. Both Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and this is I lobby this under that same exact category, did not practice on Thursday. I imagine they're both going to play, though. Uh, it's just another one of those veteran rests, like get your body ready because we're going to pepper you with targets, both of you guys. A Giants wide receiver with uh, wow. with a broad umbrella, Kadarius Tony, your guy, your league Love winner, him. picked up a second straight limited practice on Thursday. Who's going to be passing to him if he plays now that Daniel Jones is out? Who's the guy? And Mike Glennon. The that's neck. what I thought. Right. <laughs> Sterling Shepard. Good news for the Giants. He's all. Uh, he did practice. You know that's nice. Uh, thank goodness for small favors. He practiced on Thursday. Darius Slayton also practiced on Thursday. So their weapons cabinet's not empty. Exactly. It's, it's maybe close to empty. And <laughs> sneakily, like he played most uh, the second half. He got the rock to Tony. Like as gross as Glennon can be, 
he he's among the better backup QBs in terms of some reliability. You don't have to just bench everyone in a fantasy game when Glennon's playing because he does come in and like play just reliable enough that your guys should be okay. Last guy on here, T.Y. Hilton, neck injury, but did return to practice, and he's stashed on a lot of IRs. We'll see. Michael Pittman has clearly become the, the number one on the alpha now, but T.Y. Hilton does bring a nice element, and if he plays against the Texans, he's routinely destroyed this team time and time again. I wouldn't be shocked if he just wa- welcomed back with a long bomb this week. Could you believe the Colts blew that game on Monday night? Oh, my God. It was awful. I mean, that was Mark Jackson just though. That was insane. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't have mattered. I mean, they I cannot believe they rolled over like that at the end. Yes, Lamar Jackson was amazing. He had over 50 fantasy points. It was amazing. And I think he had like six in the first half. So right. like it was, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into higher, lower, and Hail Mary. We always love this segment. And we're gonna start with quarterback. There's nobody you loved as a higher guy as far as quarterbacks go. You said, like, actually, you were probably within one or two of the so-called experts pretty much on everything. So we're just going to skip over that. And is there a yeah, quarterback? Yeah, it feels like a cop-out, Matt. It really does, and I, I well, hate to do that. It's the first time you've ever done it, and I've been doing this show with you for years. So I think, uh, you know, I believe there's really nobody. The only guy I'm clearly higher on, I'm going to talk about is my Hail Mary, who's in my top 10 this week, yet only rostered in 20% of leagues. So other than that, it just seems so efficient from Josh Allen down to Matt Stafford through my top nine. I was within one or two spots. I guess Brady is he's the QB six and I have him at QB four. So I'm a little bit higher. I have him above Lamar Jackson for the week. That's a little bold after what Lamar Jackson just did. But even then it's like, I don't think who knows you're starting Brady. Two spots different doesn't get you on this list. Exactly. All right. Lower Ryan Tannehill. This one's not that significant either. Really. You got him playing Buffalo. You got him as your QB 21. That's five below the experts. I'm at 16. Either way, he's probably not starting for you. But he's ranked at QB sixteen. Like he's up, he's below or above rather. My hail mary. Like he's into QB leagues in a lot of rosters. I just don't get it. I think people are seeing that the weapons are back and pumped about it. Buffalo just made life very difficult for Pat Mahomes. What do you think they're going to do for Ryan Tannehill, who has had exactly one mediocre day, not even a great day yet this year? All of them have been bad except one. I'm I'm not into this. I do not want to play Ryan Tannehill. I know that doesn't seem that crazy, but I just don't. He, he's routinely ranked in the top 15, and it makes no sense to me. I have no interest in playing him at all. I feel like it's a lot like we talked about last show, where the, you get these reputation points, uh, you know, OBJ, uh, guys that have been putting up numbers in the past, and you just kind of get used to them being a big name, and they're always ranked a little higher than they should. Tannehill was like considered a nobody for a pretty long time, and kind of over the last couple of years, he gradually, and he earned this. He worked his way up to respectability. He was my quarterback last year, actually, and he did great for me. Um, and now I think it's just taken people a little longer than it should have to back off. And I, I don't get it. All right. Right. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's like, name yeah. at this point. It's name. It's his weapons. It's, it's oh, that is, it's like, yeah, that's I know. An easy name to jump off of. I know under Arthur Smith, he was insane. But let's get off the fucking train at this point, guys. I'm off. I want QB to 24. Listen, listen to this, Nat. QB 24, 24, 8, one good week. 1722. Yet he's ranked at QB 15 for the week. He's only beat that once, and he's got the hardest possible oh, we, matchup. We've seen that have. with Allen Robinson, right? 
Exactly. Right. I mean, I mean it's like we're going to give you a ranking higher than anything that he's done all year. He hasn't been inside the top 40 receivers yet this, this I know. year. It's I know. awful. He would have been the – I could put him as my lower every single week and be right for the rest <laughs> of the Who did we have last year with that you just hammered the lower on every single week until you – It was DJ wrong? Moore. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> he's um, turned that around this year at least though. Hail Mary, and this guy you've alluded to a couple times, Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke, uh, going against Kansas City. You got him as your QB10. He's only 24% rostered. Pick him up if you need a quarterback. I think he's going to go berserk this week. He's had over 20 fantasy points in three or four starts. The only time he didn't was against a very stingy Staints defense. Very easy bench in that week. Otherwise, he's been rock solid top 12 QB in those three or four starts. And now he gets the team allowing the most points to quarterbacks, the most points in the league in general. They're at home. This is going to be a bonanza shootout. It's 55 points over under, assuming Tyree Kill is healthy and in there. I think this game is going to go for 70, 80 potential points. Heineke can get it done. He's also got the Konami upside. He's great at running for the pylon. I think this guy, I mean, 10 is where I have him. That's I, I couldn't put him above Stafford or Dak, but like I wouldn't be shocked to see him be a top five QB this week and hit like 30-something fantasy points. To be only 24% rostered is insulting. I, I think this guy needs to be in starting lineups everywhere this week. Uh, the must-watch for you, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's kind of always a must-watch though, right? Absolutely. I mean, he's so fun anyways, but just to see him come off like a 43 attempt game, completing 86% of his passes and the week before that 37 attempts, they're starting to let this guy air it out. And I think a lot of it is their defense sucks and they kind of have to, but unlike years past where it was like, oh man, we're going to watch Lamar throw. He is looking like dynamite as a passer right now. He has in the MVP conversation at this point, 500 total yards of offense. I just can't wait to see what he does. In another matchup where against the Chargers, he should have to throw. Now, that's why it's also on this list is the Chargers have one of the best secondaries, the second fewest points allowed to QBs, like the fourth fewest yards allowed to QBs in the league. I still think, you know, Lamar, I just can't wait for that game in general. That's kind of why it's must watch is that game is going to be so fun. Two of the best in the AFC. Like, we were talking about this on Monday with our quarter one of Roy's Nat, like, are the Chargers the best team in the AFC? They might be. This is a great measuring stick game for both teams. One of our regulars, I don't remember if it was Mitch or Denny or somebody, picked uh, the picked them in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I don't know. And, and I, I said that yeah. I, I said that Herbert was my dark uh, horse to be the leading quarterback for the league, yeah. for fantasy. So we'll see. I can't. Wait. Um, I, I also will say about Lamar, my good buddy Johnny Goodtimes was uh, in a fantasy game last week. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. He had the old 99% predicted to win on ESPN mm-hmm. and lost. So that was nice. Has it ever happened to me, Nat? Monday night, I had the 99%. I was up by 65 facing only Jonathan Taylor and Mark Andrews. They needed to, they oh. needed to both combine for over 30 each, and they did. I, I lost by 0.8, by the way. Not even a full oh point. I lost God. by 0.8 after being a 99 percenter. It was, it was one of those games. It was just one of – I wasn't I, – I was obviously – it sucks. Like, oh, I, I would have been but so angry. It was also just like, okay, you know, like how could you – like you can be mad, but you can't get that mad when it's a game like that. It's just like – remember that Chiefs-Rams game a couple years ago? That it was, was like just 55 like, to 52 or something. Exactly. It was just one of those moments that was just like, all right, I get it. Kick me in the balls. I'll take it this time. Right. <laughs> running backs, higher, lower, Hail Mary running backs. Um, Devontae Booker. This was a name that was heavily sought after on the waiver wire this week because uh, Saquon Barkley obviously not being available. You really like Booker, and I think you have some good data to back that up. 
Yeah, I've gotten a ton of sit start questions. So I'm higher by like five spots, and and I think deservedly so. I have him up at running back 18 at this point. So a top 24 guy. He's averaged anytime he's seen 12 plus carries. It's happened in 10 career games. He averages nearly 16 points per game, 15.66. He has 11 TDs across those 10 games. This guy has a nose for the end zone whenever they use him in that area. Rock solid RB2 that a lot of people are wondering, do I get this guy in or out? I think you lock him in. Once he was the running back, once Saquon got knocked out, he saw 19 of the 20 running back opportunities. He ran 32 routes on the 43 dropbacks, like the only pass, the running back, to only, the only guy to do that. And he scored two touchdowns. I'm just saying, the guy has a nose for the end zone, over 20 fantasy points. He had the second most expected fantasy points among running backs behind only Madison last week. The guy is a usage monster, and I get that the Rams, not the easiest of matchups, they're actually below average in terms of yards per carry allowed. Like they have Aaron Donald and everyone's terrified of that. But outside of him, if you don't attack him right in the teeth, you can get around this defense and certainly through the air. And that's what Booker's going to do. A, a true every down back that's not flashy, not sexy. Who does that remind you of? Wayne Gallman last year was the running back seven for that stretch when when sorry Saquon Barkley got hurt and he became the feature back even after this offense. This offense is better. Than the one this this year's Giants offense. Daniel Jones is a significant step better if he's playing, but even Mike Glennon this year is better than what we saw last year. So I really think Devontae Booker has to be locked into lineups at this point. All right, Daryl Williams. He's going against Washington. He's your lower guy, which makes me sad because I picked him up off waivers for nothing, and I was very proud of myself. You got him as your RB23, although I will say on your board, and I put the ticker in on the bottom of the screen, you have him 21 for whatever that's worth. I've adjust, you know, adjusted it beforehand. Yeah, I must have got it right like right as you updated it. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. four below the experts. Also, you don't like Miles Sanders, and we are getting some Miles Sanders questions in the comments section. He's oh, going, man. obviously, against Tampa tonight. You got him as your RB33. That's four below the experts. Yeah, let's start with Williams, uh, which, again, I have been 23, so he is a fringe starter, and especially in bye weeks. like A lot of people are probably going to turn to him, but I'm getting a lot of Booker versus Williams. As a pickup, I liked Williams more because I think he has a longer tail. CEH is already on IR that might linger. I, I like all that. And he did see 45 of 62 backfield touches last year when Hilaire messed the time, so he was the guy. So far this year, he's seen 26 carries to one for McKinnon. He's run more routes on the year. Like, he should be the guy, but here's the issue is last year when he became the guy, those three games, he averaged under six fantasy points a game. Like he wasn't sexy at all. He looks better this year. He scored a touchdown already. He's running with more power, it seems, but he had only one game that was actually useful last year, 11.3. One was under a half point. One was 1.2. And I just, he doesn't excite me as a player. To me, I think this Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury is going to ultimately just be Mahomes' chuck fest. Uh, and, and I don't I don't know. I'm worried about him. I think a lot of people are just like, Chiefs running back, great offense. There's no way it can fail. Well, that was the case for this guy last year. He saw the volume last year, even though Le'Veon Bell was there. This guy still saw almost 70% of the work, and he didn't do anything with it. I'm a little bit worried that people are just like assuming the offense is so good, he'll carry them to glory. And maybe he will. But I don't know. I, I, it's risky. He could also score two touchdowns because of how good of an offense it is. But I don't know, Nat. I'm I'm not locking him in by any means. I'm low. I just I gotta say I'm I'm not overly excited about him. I don't think the Kansas City running back is necessarily just like printing your own money. I think Ceh has proven that to us. Yeah. Actually, moving forward. But what I would say, I was desperate, and to pick up somebody that is a starter on a decent team 
uh, a team that puts up a lot of points. Maybe they'll run later in the game. I felt pretty good about the pickup. Uh, I don't love him as a talent or anything like that. Um, no. I and wish you I wish you liked him a little bit more. I, I want to. I want to for your sake, but I don't. Miles Sanders as well, as you mentioned, running back 33 minus four ECR. Since week one, he had a great week one, 17 fantasy points, the running back 12. He's been the running back 40, 35, 45, and 34. Nothing of note here. So 33 might be even generous given that he's facing Tampa Bay, who remained one of the best rushing defenses. Now, granted, they've been great against the rush. They've been very generous, though, to pass catching running backs. You saw what Miles Gaskin did this last week. Ten catches, like two touchdowns through the air. And they, they Correll Patterson did the same. So if that receiving work goes to Sanders tonight, he could actually have himself a really good day. He's a great receiver. He's explosive in space. If they figure out this type of way to exploit this defense, Sanders will, is going to blow this out of the water. My concern is most of that passing game work has gone to Gainwell throughout the year. Last week, we did see Sanders get five targets well over uh, Gainwell. He's been kind of the squeaky wheel. They might try to grease him up. And that's what happened with Robert Woods when we were lower last week. So I don't know. You know if you you got your Sanders questions, I'm probably going to say no to him. I also said no to Woods last week, so keep that in mind. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think this is one of those things he's been so uninspiring. Now he gets one of the harder matchups you can get as a running back unless he gets the receiving work, and I'm not confident he does, and that's why I'm lower on him. This game tonight has beatdown written all over it. I don't know what you think. It really does. I think Hurts could keep it. Their secondary is so bad, though, for Tampa Bay. Like, Hurts could keep this thing interesting. We'll see. Yeah, I hope I hope so. I mean, I, I'm pulling for the Bucks, or I'm at least pulling for Antonio Brown to put up big fantasy points selfishly. I hope it's a good game. I, I just like watching good games better than asking. Let's go Mikey Evans. That's who I'm selfishly rooting for. Right. Hail Mary. Um, ideally, you say Khalil Herbert, 42% owned. Gio Bernard tonight, 16% owned. Waited out till Sunday for Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson, 12% owned. And then you got Samaji Perine, uh, Perrine, or 25% owned. Chris Evans, 2% owned. And you said there's been a lot of vaccinated talk about uh, Perrine. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, again, Herbert, I think, is my favorite. He's been stat Like, most leagues, if you're competitive, you saw the news. He's already been added. A lot of people already added him. Anyways, given that you saw 18 carries to 16 for Damian Williams last week. But if he's out there, he's the, he's the play. He's, he's the definite play at this point. That's why it's like, if you're desperate, Gio Bernard's not a bad play this week. He's caught a receiving touchdown in back-to-back weeks since he's been active. He's got a clear role as that pass catching back. But I would much rather, if you see Stevenson out there, if you see P. Ryan, if you see Evans, these guys that could end up becoming these featured backs in decent spots this weekend – I'd rather wait this thing out. Like I, I like Bernard again. If it was this coming, we had same with Gainwell, right? I got a lot of Gainwell questions in my DMS. Like I, I don't hate them in a vacuum, but I hate the fact that I'm burning this spot that probably could very well be useless tonight. I don't feel great about Bernard. I don't feel great about Gainwell when I could also have a, a guy getting 20 touches. That's just sitting out there in waivers right now. I'd rather wait this out. There's so many of these injuries that are up in the air. To me, the Hail Mary situation hasn't fleshed itself out yet. I don't want to take that Hail Mary tonight. But if you're going to, toss one in on Bernard. Why not? But I, I don't recommend that. Let's make Stash and see Jarek McKinnon, 12% owned. Really? Yeah. I mean, as I just said, Daryl Williams was very unimpressive as a starter last year. Jarek when McKinnon, was the last time Jarek McKinnon's been really impressive? 
He like week three last year. He was okay. Yeah. He had a good like featured so, back. So you, a year and a half ago, he had a week where old, he was okay. Old tired legs though. Can remember that quote last year? Tired I, legs. I do. Remember. I got him as I'm soon as tired saying, legs if, came out. I was just like, I'm done with you. You. Fucking I just asshole. feel like if you're if you're gonna say, oh, Williams hasn't been impressive. I mean, <laughs> when's McKinnon been impressive? In training camp when the pads are off. He's yeah, like four that. years ago, but before like the two ACL injuries. Or Workout something. warrior, baby. I picked yeah. that guy in like the second round. I remember that when ago. the 49. Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah. ultimate hype train for sure. But this is – so this is it. He he has looked good in limited, limited opportunities, very limited <laughs> opportunities, deservedly so, as a pass catcher. I think he brings a, a lot more to the table than Daryl Williams does in that role. If the Chiefs find themselves in a shootout, McKinnon might become that guy. And I don't think Daryl Williams is this impossible to supersede guy. Now, I will add to that that stash and see. I want to add Marlon Mack to that list. because okay. Not because of the Colts. There's rumors that the Chiefs are interested in trading for him. This oh. guy just averaged over nine yards per carry in his last game. Uh, looks like he's fully back from the Achilles. Great news for Cam Akers, guys. Like this, Maybe the Achilles isn't quite the death knell it used to be. Uh, the fact that Marlon Mack looked as good. So I'd rather honestly stash Marlon Mack than Jarek McKinnon, but both of these guys as like potential workload guys in a, the, one of the NFL's best offense, it's worth seeing what happens with them. If you have that bench space, why not see what McKinnon does? All right. Must watch all these injuries. And there yeah. are many, we went over a lot. We don't need to go back in the show. Yes, Javante Williams breakout week. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And the chief ba- chiefs backfield distribution, which we've been talking about a bunch. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing all those things. Yeah, the biggest new one there is Javante Williams' breakout. I think this is it. The Raiders giving up a touchdown every single week. I think he's just going to get one of those monster runs. We keep seeing it week in and week out. And I don't know, maybe call it a gut call. I just feel like the coaching staff's going to finally be like, you know what, let's see what this guy does. Gives him 20 carries, and I don't think he's going to ever be looking back if and when they do that. For whatever reason, I think it's going to be this week. The Raiders are a perfect opportunity for that to happen against as a very generous Rundy. So I, he's my must-watch player this week. And I'm starting him in a bunch of leagues, a lot of bi-week woes. Get him on in there. I think he's finding the end zone, and I think the, the, the team is just going to turn the keys over this week. It's just a gut call. I can't right. wait to see what happens, though. All right. Uh, before we get on to wide receivers, remember to give us a like, give us a love, give us something uh, so we'll know you are here. We'd appreciate it. Um, we're going to try to get through these quick. What are you drinking, man? This is the Lord Hobo 617 Hazy IPA given as a gift to me from Emery, an RSJ writer. Love the guy. Thank you, Emery, what? if you're tuned in. He tunes in often. Thank you for these beers. They're delicious. What's the alcohol content? Uh, nice 6.7. Yeah, 6.7. Right. Not I'm, bad. I'm drinking Scanic River Brewery double IPA, 8%. It's North Trail India Pale Ale. Excellent. I highly recommend Ooh, it. Okay, nice 8%. Um, yeah, I love it. Won't, won't just take me a few. Um, wide receivers, let's get into it. The guy you're higher on, this warms my heart, DK Metcalf going against Pittsburgh. You got him as your wide receiver, seven, six above the experts. He seems like he's finally, well, now, of course, like his quarterback's gone, but seemed like he was finding a groove there. Uh, you also like Manny Sanders, who I also love. Uh, at Tennessee, you got him as your wide receiver, 27, only three spots above the experts. I actually think you might both be low. I really like Manny Sanders. I love him. And there's two others there, too. Oh, you got a couple more, Tim Patrick and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, and I'm going to lob those two together, and you'll you'll know why in a second. Okay. But Metcalf, the reason I put him on here, one, experts are ranking him, and the questions are coming in, like, do I bench this guy because of Geno Smith? No. No. He He's caught a touchdown, a very nice-looking touchdown from Geno Smith, a chemistry-style ball. Like, he's the type of receiver that 
he won't be better with Geno Smith. Like that's a stupid thing to say. No, but he's the type of guy that someone like Geno Smith could lean on. Exactly. Like you're a big body. I'm just going to let you go do your thing. And that's how he scored last week with Geno Smith. Pittsburgh is sneakily giving up. I don't know why Pittsburgh gets this reputation anymore. They're giving up the third most points to wide receivers. They're not going to be able to contain this guy, even with Geno Smith. Like the worst case scenario is they just get after him all night and Geno Smith sucks. That could happen. I'm banking on it not, though. I think DK is good enough that Gino can get him the ball. Gino looked good enough. He had 130 in like a quarter. I mean, the guy looked okay. He looked steady. So I don't mind him at all. I, as you mentioned, Manny Sanders, I mean, he has been a monster these last few weeks. 26, 13, and 20 fantasy points over his last three games. And now he gets Tennessee, who is giving up the most points to wide receivers. Not only that, they're giving up the biggest plays to wide receivers. Wide receivers are averaging nearly 16 yards a catch against this team 16 yards a catch is fucking insane for a team to average and Manny Sanders is the best deep threat on this Buffalo team I I think he's going to go deep for at least one if not two like get this guy in your lineup don't think twice and I love Tim Patrick and Hunter Renfro who I'm I'm plus five or more on both of them together because they are just the steadiest guys Tim Patrick 14 13 15 7 a little done but 16 after that top 22 or top 25 rather and two of his last three the guy just gets it done and he gets a decent matchup this week you know the Casey Hayward pretty good corner he's going to be on Sutton though I think Patrick's going to be leaned upon and then Renfro hasn't had a single game below six targets hasn't had a single game below five catches hasn't had a single game outside of double digit fantasy points he's the wide receiver 28 in PPR leagues with 14.1 average nearly 20 percent target share He's just so steady. There's not a ceiling. It's not sexy. Get the guy in there in your bye weeks and get yourself a nice 12 points and be happy. That, that's what Renfro is. All right, guy you're lower on, Tyler Boyd. You got him as your wide receiver, 37, six below the experts. Maybe not doesn't seem as significant, but really when you're talking about someone who's wide receiver, 37, you're talking about someone who's like maybe a borderline starter, depending on what your league makeup is and your positional uh, you know, allowances are. You take him six spots down, all of a sudden he's probably not. Is this because Jamar Chase has uh, emerged so much, you think? I mean, is someone's got to be the odd man out and you think he's the guy? I think it absolutely is, and, and I roster it. I have to start him this week. I don't. I wish I didn't have to because not only Jamar Chase, T. Higgins being back, there's been three games where they're all together. There was one of them, Boyd, had like a 10-point day, and he really eked that one out. It wasn't a pretty 10 points. It was like a very inefficient, lot of targets, still didn't look great with it. The other two games in these three games, he had been under five points. I, I am very worried he is the clear odd man out when they have all three of these guys healthy. The Bengals have been playing at the slowest pace in the NFL. They've been very efficient, but the efficiency is coming from Jamar Chase in the big plays. T. Higgins in the red zone, who leads this team in red zone targets, even though he's only played three games or so far. I mean, Boyd is definitely the odd man out in terms of the money deep balls, in terms of the red zone, particularly when these three are all active. I'm worried. I, I would have this guy even in a great matchup against Detroit. I'd rather have Patrick. I'd rather have Renfro. I'd rather have these guys that have steadily done it all year, every game that you know are getting seven to eight looks. Boyd doesn't, you don't have that guarantee with this guy. There is decent upside. There is, you know, maybe he's the one that goes off any given week. I, I'm, I have to start him. I wish I didn't have to start him. Hail Mary, Quez Watkins tonight. And also for Hail Mary, maybe, maybe a little bit of Adam Humphreys love. Only 2% rostered. That's like a legit Hail Mary, right? Going against Kansas City, who yeah. can't defend anybody. They're both 2% rostered, so they're both elite Hail Marys, in my opinion. 
I love Quez. He finally outsnapped Rager last week. He's been outproducing him all year. He's been their de facto deep guy. It seems like every week there's like a chance for them. He's running wide open and Hertz continues to miss him. I can't guarantee that Hertz actually connects with it tonight, but against the team giving up the second most points to wide receivers, a very bad secondary. I think Watkins could do it tonight. If you have to just throw someone in there, you want a little bit of Thursday night juice, like this guy's going to catch a deep touchdown. I have a feeling in my gut. And certainly if you're doing like DraftKings showdown and those types of things, I really like Watkins tonight. And then Adam Humphreys coming off three catches, 73 yards, not like amazing, but not bad either. 10 PPR points. He's had a seven catch day under his resume. The first start of Taylor Heineke. He peppered this guy. Cam Sims and Diami Brown are both banged up. Diami's been limited in practice. He might be back, but even if so, he hasn't done a thing. I really think Hed Humphreys is going to see steady volume against a secondary that's been extremely leaky this year. And he's, you know, they might sell out to sell stop McLaurin. You know, I think Humphreys and these guys are very cheap on DraftKings, thirty four hundred for for uh, Humphreys. I love him this week in that sense. I don't know that I'd ever feel comfortable rolling him out in seasonal unless you were really desperate. But I, I PPR leagues, I think this guy's going to catch five, six balls, 70 to 80 yards. And I just have a feeling he's falling in the end zone today, or, or Sunday rather. Stash and C, I think this might be the guy you put in last week. Uh, IR returnees, Rashad Bateman, now up to 24% owned. I'm one of those 24%. Anything else to say? No, we talked about him last week. First round receiver. We've seen first round receivers in this class pretty stepping up pretty big. And a lot of people thought he might have been the best one. There's clear. The only thing to say new from this week compared to last week is one, he didn't play, so we didn't get a chance to see it. But two, we just saw Lamar Jackson throw for 440 right. fucking yards and attempt 41 attempts. Like this, this aerial pie suddenly might be able to sustain a Mark Andrews, a Marquise Brown, and a third. I like to see that a lot. Plus, Watkins also is hurt, hamstring injury. So there should be a role for this guy right away. I'm excited to see what he does. Hollywood looked good last week. Hollywood's looked good all year. He's he's one of the best. Uh, he had he had that game with like the two drops. Uh, the like for touch should have had 35 points right. that week. Right, but I mean he he looked legit good, including that game winning catch, which was a great catch. And he's had 19 points or more at every single start, other than the drops game, which again yeah. should have been 25, 30. He's he's one of the best picks you could have made this year. Yep, he's the real deal. He proved me wrong because I yeah I me too picked the wrong. I got took him the wrong year. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk tight ends. Guy you're higher on, Dalton Schultz. He's going against the Patriots. You got him as your tight end six, two spots above the experts. Ever since Gallup went down, 26, 18, and 14 fantasy points. The tight end one, five, and seven. He has seen 28%, 36%, and 25% of the targets in those three games. He's just a rock-solid stud. This used to be a situation we were worried about cheese nibbling. No cheese nibbling going on anymore. This is the nope. Dalton Schultz show. It's his, it's his cheese. Moves it like at will. They're going to have no problem moving on the Pats. Top top six guy each and every week. Love Schultz moving forward. Hawkinson is a guy you're actually lower on. Uh, he's playing Cincinnati. You got him as your tight end seven. That's three below the experts. They like him up at four. I think we're all hinging ourselves on those first two games, and they were great. Yeah, they were. Nine targets, 26 points, 21 points. Tight end three and two. We'll get, what has he done since then? One, he's gotten hurt, and I think a lot of people aren't factoring this in. Three points, eight points, four points. The tight end, 34, 20, and 34. He has been outside the top 30 tight ends in two of the last three weeks, yet we're ranking him as the tight end unquestioned number four. He also gets a Bengals team that isn't great on defense, but they're good against tight ends. The fifth fewest points allowed to the position. 
I'm worried about Hawkinson's health. I'm worried about the target share. I'm worried teams are just locking in on him and taking him out. Until I see it from this guy, I'd like to have someone else in there, to be honest. Listen, this is not football related, but I just want to make a comment about Hawkinson. You know how uh, on the ESPN app for fantasy football, if you click on the player, like their little player card comes up. I know we're working on something like that for RSJ, right? Yeah, um, So there are more tight ends that have this very specific white guy, long hair, yeah, not really stoner exactly, but just kind of, I mean, almost frat boy, but not going look at you George Kittle. Some weed with these guys. Look no at doubt. George Kittle. Look at TJ Hawkinson. Look at Tyler Higby. There's a lot of them. Like there's even a, Dawson Knox, like his hair doesn't look go at down, Dawson Knox, but it, yeah. it goes up. <laughs> right. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a type for these uh, NFL. That, white that's an RSJ make a wish right there is like, right. uh, if we had a, a wish list, a bucket list, Smoke weed with all the like pothead tight ends in the league. With all the tight ends with long hair. Hell yeah. That, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. And maybe Gronk too. Yeah. Um, all right. Hail Mary. Ricky Seals Jones, 20% rostered. He's going against the Chiefs. You can't beat that. You got him up as your tight end 12. Guy played 99% of the snaps, ran 87% of routes, 20% target share. That was more than any game Logan Thomas saw this entire year. He's just come in and like taken over. Never mind the fact that his initials are RSJ. I mean, what else I do we need to know? Like, of course, he's our We're such team. a homer for Ricky Seals Jones. Oh, oh, we always have been. But the guy's six seven, like 250, moves like a wide receiver. And, you know, I, I posted about him today. Uh, Chiefs defense, you know, also giving up the fifth most points to tight ends. A couple of Washington fans commented in, like, this guy was Tyler Haneke's favorite target. He was just religiously looking for him and peppering him. And, yeah, he only had, you know, five catches, 41 yards. In a PPR league, that's actually decent for the tight end position. He said you know, two red zone looks as well last week against the the easy just sev defense of the Chiefs. I really think this guy finds Pater, gets you sixty to to maybe even hundred yards this week, and he's only twenty percent rostered. Love him, easy tight end one in my opinion this week. Consider him over Ertz tonight if you're not feeling that dice roll. Let's go <laughs> enjoy this game, Truth. How do you say it? Uh, rotisreadjournal.com. We breed and feed fancy wolves. All our rankings, content, the Rotary Journal app on iOS as well. Find us on all those. You can find me at Rotary Street Wolf to always interact. I'll be back live Sunday, 11 a.m. Thanks again, guys. So much for being here. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. World full of fancy sheep, guys. Be that wolf. Best of luck to everyone tonight. I hope all your players absolutely smash. Let's get it, Wolf Pack. We Later. used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.